on, everybody? Elliot here with Zach, another episode of No Huddle Show. We are at Gillette Stadium overlooking the field right now. The site of the Eagles, 37-20 to loss to the New England Patriots. A little different than the last time the two teams played. One, the intensity. Two, the score, obviously. But three, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, there was not much to be worried about, obviously. But, Zach, as I think about this game and I think about what the takeaways are, what the biggest thing, what the talking points will be, the the word that comes to mind with me is worry. And I'm not saying I'm worried, but I think that's what we have to talk about tonight. What is there to be worried about? Are you worried about one thing more than the other? You know, is it the Foles injury? Is it the way the defense is playing? Is it the depth? Is it the injury? So lots of things to go into tonight, but not to be a negative Nancy, but they did lose 37-20, to 20, so we have to start with... 0-2. Yeah, 0-2. Now two games, really, where they haven't looked that great. What is your biggest takeaway from this game so far in terms of what do you think fans should be most worried about? You know, I don't think it, it's necessarily even just the, the health issues, which there are a lot of them. You know, there are a lot of guys that didn't play. I mean, we could go through some of the names if you want. And there was, a, I think, like five or six guys that left the game today, including Nick Foles, uh, who said he's going to be okay, but he's getting some tests tomorrow on his shoulder. But the bigger concern for me is just that these guys are all gone and this offense – isn't really getting a chance to work together. Like mm-hmm. there hasn't been a, a, a day where the majority even of the offense, the first team offense has been playing together. There's a bunch of new guys being incorporated. Uh, you know, Mike Wallace played his first game tonight and then everybody around him either got hurt or wasn't yeah. playing. So it's like, it almost wasn't even a valuable rep for him in a way because he spent most of the day with Nate Sudfeld, who, you know, as, as good as he looked tonight, best case scenario, he doesn't see a snap this season. <laughs> yeah. Ideally he's maybe not so, even active. So I, my, my my biggest concern from this game slash this training camp slash this preseason is just that this team hasn't had a chance to gel. I know they're coming off Super Bowl and they had great chemistry last year, but you still need to to keep building on that. You know, Carson Wentz, if he comes back week one, he hasn't played with these guys for a long time. And I'm just concerned about them gelling from the start. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing you saw right away off off the jump with this game. I mean, the first team offense comes out, no Jason Peters, no Carson Wentz, no Alshon Jeffrey, no Nelson Aguilar, no Matt Collins, um, no Darren Sproles, no Corey Clement. I mean, these are like, you know, six of the most seven important people on the offense. I mean, obviously the offensive line, you, you know, is important as well, but really important players. And See, that's the thing, and you mentioned it. Like, by the time week one rolls around, and Doug said something interesting between this podcast we're recording now and the last time we recorded, he was asked, How far in advance does he need to see Wentz? Like, how much time does Wentz need? And he said, You know, ideally a week, which means, you know, maybe he would close. be, yeah, but maybe he would be open to starting with it even less than a week. But the question <laughs> is, like, you know, this team's only going to practice together. How many times are Wentz, Alshon, Aguilar, Ertz, Matt Collins, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement? How many times are these guys going to these guys going to practice together one, heading like into Week One? Zero. Yeah, two or three. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned the Foles thing. We can get into that a little more tonight about Foles' play. I mean, let me let me look and see what Foles finished here. I know it wasn't very good. He said after the game, he was three of know, nine for forty-four yards. Yeah, uh, not, not ideal. To be fair, I mean, he didn't look good when he was throwing the ball anyway. But uh, Vitai. Not not a good game provided. He had a really bad game. He, yeah. he was he was the one that let the guy buy him on the play that Foles got injured. Mm-hmm. He, it's just a rough night, and I I think you kind of saw, you know, he 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 acquitted himself well last year in in a pinch when Jason Peters got hurt. But there's a reason why Jason Peters is Jason Peters, and, and yeah. they 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 need him in there. I mean, they, he. When, when the left tackle is struggling as much as Vitae did tonight, it puts the quarterback at risk. That just, I, I'm not as concerned. I agree I'm with not, you. I'm not, I'm not as concerned necessarily. I'm just saying he, 
it was a bad night for him. Yeah, it was a very bad night for him. No, no doubt about it. I mean, and again, even Jason Peters aside, like, like even if Jason Peters wasn't there, I think Vitae's near the bottom of my concerns for night. I mean, you know, they they sure. rode him, not rode him, but he played on the Super Bowl roster last year in the majority of those all those playoff games, second half of the season, the Super Bowl. I think he just had a bad game. I think the larger point is. I mean, we got to talk about Nick Foles. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. stat line, not very good. And that's the thing about Foles. And I, I tweeted this during the game, and people got very upset. But uh, I said, you know, the offense has not been good in the f- two preseason games, and that's not a fluke because they haven't been good in practice either. So what fans are seeing out on that field is not – it's not like in training camp they're looking great and they're coming out in these preseason games and kind of just choking. This is how this offense has looked. And part of the reason is Nick Foles is just – not a very good quarterback. Like, there's a reason he's not a starting quarterback. Maybe there's five or six teams in the league that he could start for, but we saw this offseason, unless you believe the report about the Browns, that, you know, no team made a strong offer to get him, and that doesn't change the fact that he's Super Bowl MVP. It doesn't change the fact he might be the best backup quarterback in the league, but he's a very inconsistent player, and that's why he hasn't been a starter in the NFL for more than a handful of games at a time. And that's the issue heading into the season if you don't have Wentz, that last year when you looked at what Foles did, he was, you know, fairly inconsistent slash terrible heading into the playoffs. Wasn't that great against the Falcons? He played two of the best games of his life. No, they'll never be able to take that from him. Everyone listening to this is, you know, has enjoyed that Super Bowl parade because of Nick Foles. But there's still just two games, and the Eagles have to look at heading into this season. What can they expect from Foles in week one? And I don't think you know what you can expect from Nick Foles. You could get the guy that, and maybe the best compliment I could pay to Foles, and this is like my top compliment because I'm big in the quarterback win-loss record and all that. The best thing I can say about Foles is this guy knows how to get it done on big stages. And that's huge. And the Thursday night game against the Falcons is going to be a big stage. But the only point I'm making is what you've seen from Foles, or we've seen from Foles in training camp practices and in the preseason games, it's not encouraging. And... You know, tying that back into Carson Wentz a little bit, there's been like this story, pseudo storyline amongst the fans and even some media where it's like they have Nick Foles, so there's no reason to rush back Carson Wentz. I don't right. think the two are connected. No. I don't think they're. Carson Wentz's timetable has nothing to do with the fact that they have the Super Bowl MVP on the roster. The fact that he won Super Bowl MVP is remarkable, and it's cool that they have a backup quarterback with that kind of pedigree. Right. But they. If Carson Wentz misses week one, it's not because they're like, all right, we have Nick Foles, we can wait a little bit. It's because they're taking it easy with him and they don't want him to get injured. Again. Yeah, I think it plays a little bit of a role, but I do agree overall that Wentz will play when he's ready, and I think they're much more comfortable with Carson Wentz at quarterback than they are at Nick Foles, regardless of what you saw. But to lead, to continue to speak about the quarterback position and talk about tonight, Nate Sudfeld, I mean... man. He played really, really well. Probably was the best player on the field for the Eagles tonight. Had a ton of really nice highlight throws. That one he threw with his, I think, both feet in the end zone out to the 50-yard line. I mean, that was just an amazing throw. Couldn't have thrown that better. The one to Shelton Gibson. The right? one to Shelton Gibson, yeah. The touchdown. He had a uh, his touchdown pass, I think it was to Richard Rodgers, where yeah. he was kind of fading away into great the corner throw. of the end zone. That was another great throw. So I'll ask you this, since we'll, you know, we'll have some fun here. It's preseason. Who's a better quarterback, Nick Foles or Nate Sudfeld? <laughs> Man, that's a tricky question. I like it, though. Uh, uh, it's, I still would say today you, you still trust Nick Foles more to go out there on you know a game day against a first-team defense and perform. Mm-hmm. But talent-wise, I, I don't think I don't, even, I don't even know if there's a question that Nate Sudfeld's better. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, you know he can just make throws that. You know, he, he looks like an NFL quarterback. Like, not to say Nick Foles doesn't. Nick Foles occasionally makes those amazing throws. If you watch the Super Bowl, there's yeah. a couple of Yeah, again, like, like the Super Clement Bowl one, is like, such an outlier. Yeah, like yeah. he was playing out of his mind. It was like he was 
yeah, it was ridiculous. But yeah, Nate Subfeld, you know, he the, the touch he has on his deep ball is that that's kind of he's going to be a stepping stone into becoming like a starting NFL quarterback in this league. If not, you know, the Eagles lead back up for the next couple of years and Nick Foles leaves. And yeah. I just think tonight. The biggest thing coming off last week, you know, he had a couple of bad decisions last week. He was inconsistent. He looked really good at times, looked really bad at times. The biggest key for him was just improving each week, and I think he clearly improved this week. He didn't make any glaring mistakes like he did last week. He he has some good athleticism, which I didn't really know about him coming mm-hmm. in, uh, which is another edge he has on Nick Foles. And I think they got to be pretty happy with their quarterback situation for the next you know, however long Sudfeld's willing to be a backup. It really is amazing how much Sudfeld is just a mixture of Wentz and, and Foles. But, no, I agree. And, I mean, the thing I, I was thinking tonight watching Sudfeld was, one, the Eagles are just absolutely loaded at quarterback. Like, <laughs> franchise quarterback and Carson Wentz. Like, has we, the team ever had th- – I'm sure it's happened ever, but, like, have like three quarterbacks? Like, well, if you have three, you don't have one. So, <laughs> well, I guess the saying is if you have two, you don't have one, but if you have three, you have the most loaded quarterback room in the NFL. Plus Christian Hackenberg now? Yeah, exactly, Joe Callahan. <laughs> but, no, I mean, here's what I was – when I was watching him, I was thinking two things. One, as I said, loaded quarterback room. Two, if I'm another team, and I do not think the Eagles would trade him, I really don't. Like, Sudfeld, I think it, you're saying? Yeah, Sudfeld, yeah. I think – it might even take a first-round pick to get Sudfeld from him. But I, if I'm another team and I see Sudfeld tonight, like I'm at least calling the Eagles to find out because Sudfeld, you know, he just has those elite-type those elite type skills, and that sounds strong, but those elite-type skills that you want for when you're developing a quarterback. Ideal size, very mobile as we saw tonight, rocket for an arm, can make all the throws. I think consistency is, 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 is an issue for him and decision-making sometimes. But he's a young quarterback, and the more he plays – the more uh, I think he'll get better I mean, at that. Think about it. A year ago, he was on the Redskins, barely getting any reps in their got preseason. Got cut from the Redskins. Got cut, went to their practice squad, decided to join the Eagles practice squad. They called him up after uh, at some another point. team tried to sign him. Yeah, after yeah. another team tried to sign him. And now we're talking about like his future as a starter in the league. Like that. N- number one, it shows how much talent he has. But even more than that, I think it just shows how good these coaches are at uh, developing quarterbacks. How, like it's unreal. How he wins again. How he wins again. <laughs> but. Uh, so speaking of young players that need reps, one of the things I, I'm not, I don't have like a firm grasp on yet, and I'm debating where I, where I side on it and all that stuff. But what do you think they're doing with Sidney Jones here? Like, mm. wh- you know, he comes out for the first snap of the game. I saw some people saying he might have gotten dinged up between the first snap and when he went back in. But Avante Maddox basically comes in right away. Um, what, like, what's going on here? I. I think I've said this on a past podcast. I, I think people got a little too ahead of themselves with him. I, I think it's going to take him a little bit. Of t- I know he's got all the talent in the world to be a number one cornerback even one day. Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I think there's going to be some bumps in the road. Like He hasn't played like a full game of football in a long time. And uh, I mean, it, it's interesting that Avante Maddox is the guy that's kind of overtaken him, it seems like, on the depth chart. Because for a while it was Devontae Bowsby. Maybe that was just kind of a show to motivate him or something. Right. Bowsby's a... You know, like a fringe roster guy Jamie in reality, man. but you know Maddox has looked pretty good. He's a fourth round pick. They like got, him a lot. Got beat tonight for a touchdown. He, got, he did get beat tonight for a touchdown, but I mean, he's he, again he's a rookie in his first game against a first team uh, offense. Right. Tom Brady was the quarterback. Yeah, but Chris Hogan. It, it probably says more about you know maybe this was them sending a message to Cindy Jones. Maybe he's just not ready yet. Maybe this is just we're overthinking it. But I I I think it's going to take a little longer for him to 
to be like a true impact player. Not, I'm not saying he won't make it this season. Maybe even by week four he figures it out. Yeah. I just don't think week one he's going to step in there and you know make all the plays. I think he's well, going to make some mistakes. If Sydney doesn't – if they don't have someone that's ready to step in there and make the majority of plays – I mean, the, the Falcons have some receivers. Yeah, so. they're going to be in trouble. I mean, Patch Robin was, Robinson was an extremely port, important part of the secondary. To me, when I look at what they're doing with Sydney, like I – I do think he needs to get reps. Like, I tweeted that. I think this guy needs reps. He, he's basically a rookie, barely played last year. It's just weird when they're deciding to give him the reps. Mm-hmm. And you would think that if they're confident about him going into this season as their nickel, like, you want him out there, I mean, as much as possible with that first-team defense. Like, communication is very key. One of the things Corey Unland, the secondary coach, has said about what makes a good nickel is – communication, understanding the defense, you know, knowing what's going on, you're only really going to get that from t- from reps out on the field. I mean, he's had a year to study. He he should know the defense. So I just can't tell like do they do they just not think he's playing well? I mean, tonight as I mentioned, got beat for the touchdown. He had, had a really missed tackle. Right, yeah. Really bad missed tackle. I think it was on uh um Patterson for the Patriots that led to a touchdown. Missed another tackle later in the game, took a bad angle on a running play and he wasn't the sole reason, but you know he helped in helping that become a 16-yard run when it should have been two or three yards. Um, so he just didn't play that well. Now it's weird because in training camp, I think he's looked pretty good. Now, now maybe that's because Eagles' offense is just terrible, and we're <laughs> starting to learn that. But so I, I'm confused on what they're thinking of him. But tonight, tonight was not a good night uh, for him in terms of his chances of either becoming that nickel or you know, starting or getting snaps because, uh, yes, Maddox did get beat for the touchdown, but I don't think Sidney Jones played well either. And nickel corner starting to look like a, uh, an issue for this team. So now that we're two – or we'll just keep – let's keep concentrating on tonight. In terms of just on the field, what are some areas of concern you think kind of stood out? Maybe a unit you didn't think played very well, something they didn't end up doing that you thought they would be better at. Like what, what were some of, your, uh, some, some of your concerns for tonight? I mean, it's it's hard to judge the running backs too much because Corey Clement and Darren Sproles and Josh Adams didn't play tonight. Right. But, I mean, Wendell Smallwood had four carries for one yard. He didn't show anything. <laughs> Matt Jones. R- they rough might day cut, for the Wendell Smallwood. They might Smallwood, cut Matt yeah. Jones on the trip back to Philly. He dropped three catches, like, back, like back to back to back. Yeah, he and was And they were, terrible. like, blatantly bad. And, like, I mean, Jay Ajayi, he, had a, he, like, missed a block early, and it led to a sack, I believe. He, he bounced back. He had a nice catch later. I'm not too worried about Ajayi, but – uh, you know, it, I'm starting to to wonder if a guy gets injured in that running those top three running backs, top two running backs, if it becomes a concern later in the season. It's a little early to think like that, but the, the running backs look pretty bad tonight. If yeah. we're just facing, if we're just going off what we saw tonight, like the running backs were bad. The the one thing I'll say that was a good development for the running backs tonight was it looks like Shelton Gibson might be able to be a kick returner for this team. Yeah. And that's good because it means less wear and tear on Sproul's body. I mean, they had toyed around with the idea of having him do that. I think the new kickoff rules kind of lend it, lend themselves to Sproul's being a kick returner. You know, it's, it's more similar to a punt than it used to be. Um, but Gibson looked good in that role. But, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, Sproles, Clement, Ajayi, if one of these guys goes down, I, I guess it's Smallwood. I mean, we've – Unless they're going to rely on an undrafted guy again. <laughs> I mean, Pumphrey's a guy that yeah. I think is I've written off after you know, <laughs> you know, standing for him and you know pushing for him all off season. But like, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, at this point, he needs he, to get on the field. Yeah, he needs there. to get on the field. But like, none of these guys are going ahead and stealing. No, you're right. Stealing the spot. I mean, I'm going to put my my 53 man roster together, and you know, I'll keep the three running backs. I guess Josh Adams just off potential, but like. There's really not a clear option there at fourth. And then receiver, like, there's not even enough bodies, I don't think, at this point to keep six. So, 
Yeah, definitely gonna be interesting. All right, so who are let's do some stock up, stock down, guys. Um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll start with the stock down if you don't mind. Uh, Elijah Qualls, a guy that coming into this season, I really thought, um, you know, was gonna have a chance to get some serious reps here at defensive tackle with Timmy Jernigan hurt, Haloti Nada, a guy that they only kind of view as a limited type player, um, but. Destiny Viles come in and stolen those, but still, there's some potential there. Didn't think he played well tonight at all. So and he was bad last week. Too. And he was bad last week. So, you know, at this point, Aziz Shitu um, came through tonight, had a nice tackle for a loss in the backfield. Um, you mentioned Bruce Hector's a guy that you think they could end up keeping. So I think Qualls hurt his chances going of making the roster tonight. Who's a guy you have for stock up? We we we've talked about him a little bit in passing, uh, in a few different ways, and I think. We need to talk about a little bit more Shelton Gibson. I, I just think not only, you know, he started out camp. We weren't sure if he was even going to make the team because he was pretty bad last year at this time. Right. And, like, just to, to see the progress he's made in a year, like, this dude might be the fastest guy in the team. And it's not just that. Like, his route running yeah. is very good. Tonight it's, on that touchdown, um, fakes like he's going to go inside, completely lose the cornerback, cuts back to the outside. That was really good. And as you mentioned, I mean, contested catches. Like, the catch that keeps sticking out to me is the one in training camp he made where he jumped over Darby and Jenkins and came down with it. Um, and then, yeah, again tonight, you know, he did go down briefly. I think it was a knee injury. But then he went back in and had yeah. that 50-something yard catch, which was really – it was more – I mean, he, he got the catch, but it was a great throw. Right. But I just think you can kind of tell that he put in the work. Because last year he was dropping everything. This year it seems like he can't drop anything. Yeah. And on top of that, he might be their best returner. So, like like I was saying, you know, he started out camp, and, you know, we weren't sure if he was going to make the roster. Now I'm pretty sure he's a lock, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we you talked about it last week. I think week. he's a lock it seemed, now, yeah. I, seemed, I think you were ahead of the curve with your uh, – your you had your prediction or whatever where you said he's, he – gets more catches or something than Mac Hollins. I think he might be the number four receiver over Hollins now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm off I mean, Hollins, Hollins didn't play tonight. I, I mean, he, his stock is way down. Yeah, They're, I mean, the receivers are an issue. Like, Kamar Aiken, one target, I'm high zero. on Gibson right now. You're that. high on Gibson. All right. Well, Kamar Aiken, one target, yeah, zero was, catches. This Mike was, Wallace. This, this was Kamar Aiken's chance to kind of jump into, and he yeah, did not do that. Didn't take advantage of it. Mike Wallace, the guy that should be your number two, three targets, zero catches. Jeez. Um, who else? I mean, you know, Wendell Smallwood, not great. Richard Rodgers, the tight ends had a good game. I mean, Dallas Goddard again. Rogers six targets. Too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and <Apparently, Perkins>. Yeah. <laughs> Goddard, six targets, three catches, 57 yards. Could have had a touchdown. The job he did, and I've written about it. We've seen it in training camp. He is like a beast in the red zone. His ability to maneuver his body, get around defenders, and be able to make a play on the ball is impressive. He almost he, had two amazing catches tonight. Yeah, and he didn't come down with them. So I mean, I know. yeah, but he, but I mean, like if the fact that he's in position to get those, to is, even yeah, to even come away with a catch there, I think is pretty impressive. So all right, normally these post game pods are pretty short. Um, so I feel like we've gotten some stock up, some stock down. Heading into this next week, they play the Browns um, this upcoming in Thursday Cleveland. in Cleveland. Should be a fun Maybe trip. Maybe Hard Knocks cameras in the mix. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be our <laughs> chance to shine. But uh, So they're going to have off Saturday. Um, they'll be back uh, Friday and Saturday. They'll be back Sunday. Three days of practice prior to the game. What do you want to see from this team in that next game? Like, How important is it for, you know, it could be Wentz and Foles are not playing. Like, It could be, again, without these guys. But, I mean, they're going to play the game. It's the final dress rehearsal before the regular season. How important is this game? I think it's it's fairly important. Um, fairly important for a lot of these guys more than, like, you know, with the future of, like, this team. Because a lot of their important guys still probably won't play. Right. 
But for me, I want to see guys like Josh Adams on the field. I want to see Donald Pumphrey. I want want to see these guys, Marcus Wheaton, like these guys that haven't really played in the preseason that kind of aren't locks to make this team. Mm-hmm. And a few of them kind of could play important roles this season because, you know, injuries clearly happen because this team's so banged up right now. And beyond that, I want I want to see Nate Subfeld just continue on this path. You know, if he can play a lot like he did this week and maybe even make some improvements, then yeah. his stock is just going to keep soaring up, and you're gonna you're gonna see teams calling and offering them some some intriguing packages. I think. So I'm gonna focus on the defensive side of the ball. I think next week, like the offense is gonna start off slow. I mean, Doug Peterson is a great game planner. If Carson Wentz plays, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I just would be surprised if this team's a juggernaut right out the bat. So assuming they're not, this first-team defense is going to need to play well, especially against a talented Falcons team. I think the Falcons will be better this year than they were last year. Eagles defense played them very well in the playoffs. But to me, against the Browns, Browns have like some weapons all of a sudden. You know, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway looks like he's going to be pretty good. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's played well. They'll get some chances against Baker, I'm assuming. I want to see this first-team defense really show that they're ready. If the offense is going to struggle for a week or two, you know, maybe even three heading into regular season, I want the first-team defense to show that they're ready to kind of carry this team, keep it low scoring, and allow, allow the Eagles to you know, come away with you know, 16 to 13 wins again like they did in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so that, that's kind of what I'm going to be looking forward to the most. So, all right, we are done in New England. The Super Bowl rematch is over. Did not go as well for the Eagles this time, but guess what? Eagles fans out there, you're still the defending champs. <laughs> we will be back next week, probably after the game, since it's a short week. Uh, I guess it's not a short week. It's seven days, but only three days of practice, so it feels like a short week. So, All right, Zach, I will talk to you uh, next time. All right, sounds good.